to a whole nother lane tonight on Branded After Dark, and I want to welcome the entire universe. Yes, I said it. The entire universe is live and direct here tonight because of the guests we have tonight and also the topics we have and the music that we're playing and the memories that, that actually takes place when you hear certain songs like this one that we just played from our guests. So uh, tonight's a, a very special night because I get a chance to thank this guy for the, the ton of music memories that he gave me and you know, we're going to catch up with this guy and see what he's up to now and, and, and all things. And before I actually put a, a mic and say hello to him, let me say hello to my beautiful co-host, Sweet Aaron, who is on live and direct on Branded After Dark. Sweetheart, what's up? Nothing much. Happy Easter. Happy <laughs> Easter to the world, of course. Of course. You know, Sunday blessings ex extended out through everywhere. And like I said, as I introduce this guy... I, I am privileged, honored, grateful, blessed, um, everything positive that's that's out here and tonight. I wanna I wanna welcome Mr. Alexander O'Neill to Branded After Dark. Hello, sir. How you guys doing out there, man? Welcome. How are you? Happy Easter. I'm great. Man. Happy, Happy Easter, Easter to everybody. Yeah, it's a great day. <laughs> now, before I start asking all kinds of you know questions that I'm pretty <laughs> sure your fan base wanna know, like okay. I said. I want to thank you because you heard the song, All True Man. That was kind of like the anthem for us guys trying to get to know the ladies back in the day. <laughs> Still to this day, to, to you know, to it, you, you, were, you, were not, you were like a nice buffer when it came to, you know, us guys trying to express ourselves to the ladies. So I don't know if a lot of people told you that, but thank you, sir. <laughs> hey, no problem. You know something? I want to say one thing. When I did the song All True Man, and I still, All True Man is the type of man that I aspire to be, okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm still working on it, you know? I mean, that's not something that you can just throw around a statement like that lightly, you know? So, I mean, it comes right. a lot of work, you know, and I'm still working on trying to be a, an All True Man. <laughs> <laughs> take hey, notes, it, fellas. Take notes. There you go. There you go. And I and I appreciate just, you know, a lot of people, and, and one of the reasons why I wanted to reach out to you and, and, and get a chance to let you, uh, you know, have your, your, your words to your fans and, and even to us is because, you know, a lot of times, you know, so many people don't, you know, just say thank you for the music accomplishments that, you know, you've had throughout your career and the music that we still listen to to this day. So, you know, I, I feel, you know, having an iconic status in music the way you have, it, it it helps inspire people like myself and Aaron and all the people out here listening because, I mean, there was a lot of hard work you put into, you know, making those songs hits, right? Well, definitely that, you know. But one thing I want to say, though, when you're working with great producers like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, you know, uh, I, I never heard a Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis song that I didn't like, you know. Right. And one of the, one of the great things of having those guys as friends, you know, they knew who Alexander O'Neill was. And they wrote songs explicitly for me, you know. So that was a great thing, you know. Everything we did was like, okay, this is how I like Alex. Okay, let's do this, you know. And, and it, was, it was just great. And we just had so much fun, you know, building the career. It's been almost 30 years now. And now, from the younger generation, every time I come into a room with them, they, they tell me that a legend's in the house. A legend's in the That's house. Right. A legend's in the house. That's and right. I go, I start look, and I start looking around and go, where is he? Where is he? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I go, where is he? Where, where is where's the legend? And then they go, it's you. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's it's really uh, it's been a great ride. Uh, my fans 
have been wonderful. You know, um, you know, I, I went to big um, hiatus in um, in, in uh, England, in London. You know, I lived mm -hmm. there for 14 years, and you know, kind of one thing about America, you know, uh, America, you're only as big as your last hit record. You know, and That's true. Um, uh, for my genre and for my generation of music, you know, now the torch has been passed. You know, it's like people kick the doors in for us to make success, and we kick doors in for the younger generation that's making all this money now. That's the only thing that we didn't, you know. They were, right. When we were doing this in the industry, we were only allowed to go so far, you know, and especially if you had a, shall I say, a bad boy reputation, <laughs> uh, some that precedes me, like I kind of had. You know, they right. were like, yeah, we we love Alex. He's talented, but we're scared of him. You know, we're, we're afraid <laughs> to give him. You know, we're afraid. You know, I've, let me tell you, I've had a lot of money. I've had a little money. I've had no money at the same mm -hmm. time of being a star. It's the character of a person that keeps you going. It's not a lot of times people say, you're a star. And they say, are you rich? And little kids especially go like, are you rich? They go like, no, I'm very famous, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's a big difference between, it's a big difference between, fame and fortune, okay? Right. And so when we were coming up uh, doing our times in the 80s and early 90s, you know, uh, basically, you know, we had a great time and a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of fun doing what we was doing. And at the same time, you know, uh, the industry would only allow us to go actually so far, okay? Mm -hmm. And now, because of the Internet access and, and all of the younger generation now, and the way that they do it, you know, the industry has to kind of come to them, you know, right. uh, opposed to them coming to the industry. And that's a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because, you know, it's a big difference when you when you make yourself a star. You know, like a lot of guys, a lot of people come up to me with their CDs and stuff, and it's all wrapped in cellophane and everything and looks like it's ready to go. But they did that. It wasn't a record company. It was like the NFL, you know. There's only one NFL on the mm -hmm. planet. There's mm -hmm. only, when somebody comes to get an unknown person to another person because of your talent, you know, that's a God thing. That's, that's a gift from God, mm -hmm. you know. Right. And it's like we can't make ourselves stars and stuff. Like the industry, when, when you sign a national record deal with a Sony or a, a Universal or one of those type of big companies and stuff, that's a big statement about the individual. You know, right. and when you start making yourself this star, opposed to having someone else saying, "Hey, you know, you're good enough to play on the big in the big leagues," you know, so it kind of, it's a great thing. Who am I to put anybody down for them doing better in their lives? And at the same time, you know, you got to say we're kind of losing a little something because it's a great thing when a guy goes from nothing and all of a sudden you have a record deal. Okay, right, and, and you you know you can imagine the feeling. Of what that feels like, and, and the feeling used to used to be, you know, the, the the vibe, you know, the excitement of being on a record label, the excitement of hearing your 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 music played on the radio, um, at one point in time. And you mentioned, you know, just the overseas love that you get. And uh, Alexander O'Neill is our guest on Branded After Dark, and you know, you you got a lot of fans in Japan too, and Germany, and so many different places in the UK. Like, I mean, did. Did, once you started feeling that overseas love, it, 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 it kind of got surreal to a point, right? Well, I'll tell you, you know, one of the great things about my love affair with uh, actually uh, the U.K., you know, um, 
my management's out of the UK, my agents out of the UK, and it, it gave me the opportunity to perform all over the world. And that's what I wanted to create. I lived in London for the last 14 years. I've only been back in the States for about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. And it gave me the opportunity to play all over the world, and that's what I wanted to achieve. I, I, I figured out that, okay, so America's going to play us, right? You know, they're going to they're gonna play us, and you're only as big as your last hit record, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. So you got to get in where you're fitting in. So fortunately, fortunately enough for me, I had the love affair with my, with, uh, my U.K. fans, you know, with the six sellout dates at Wembley Arena that's still standing. There's no R&B artist that has ever done mm -hmm. that before. That's right. And wow. so... So we have a lot of love, and 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 it's so amazing, you know, uh, because British people, you know, they were in the R&B long before American white people were in the R&B. Okay, because the old R&B only became popular uh, in America because of the record sales. It was too vast. It was too much. So therefore, when N.W.A. came out with, you know, uh, when they came out with their first album, they sold like a hundred thousand units underground, then all of a sudden mm -hmm. the record industry say, no, we're not going to allow these guys to have that type of control. So we'll right. give a few of them a whole lot of money and keep the rest of them down, okay? So, mm -hmm. you know, I figured that out and I said, okay, well, you guys want to play it like this? Well, guess what? I got love all over the world, and I want to build a worldwide base. I don't want to just be a star and a superstar among my own people and a star in America, I want to be a superstar all over the world where I go all over the world. And it's a really great and a blessing to be able to live somewhere and not to depend on where you live for, for your livelihood. That's, that's a really great thing. It's a great thing from God. That's right. Right. Well, you, you've, been, you've given us timeless music, and that's something that is very, very, very rare to come by these days. And I want to thank well, you for that. Well, I thank you guys, I thank all my fans out there for loving me and giving me the love. You know, it's so amazing to me. These are some things that, you know, that really attract my attention uh, in the industry is that there are some vacant thrones out there. Mm -hmm. and, and, okay, so you, here's a scenario. Uh, Marvin Gaye. Otis Redding, we're going all the way back. Now we come up mm -hmm. to current. Luther Vandross, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, it's like what person of that genre is going to be able, what record company is going to actually give you that and go and give you the support that you need so you can uh, take over that genre. You know, I used to describe Luther, which was a very good friend of mine, as a black paparazzi, okay? Mm -hmm. To me, okay. that's what he was to me. He was like class all class, and if I was to describe him would be like Pavarotti, you know. Pavarotti's an opera singer, Luther Vandross is a soul singer, but he has the same type of appeal. And so, you know, it was wonderful, and, and i never forget that Luther called me one time, he played in London, and he called me and said, Alex, you know what, I just want to tell you, man, you're the king of London, you're the king of England, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, hey, well, it's good to be the king of something because you're the king of America and you got it going on, you know, like that. And I, right. I, I give people a lot of love and a lot of respect, but there's a lot of room at the top. It's the bottom that's so crowded. It, it's it's amazing how you you you, you kind of you, you talk about Luther, you talk about Marvin Gaye. You might as well put yourself in that in that category as well. Your voice is distinctive. 
everybody knows. You know, it, it's kind of what Aaron said earlier and what I said earlier as well about when you when you have timeless music, you can never go wrong. When people still is is reaching for, you know, the all true mans and you know, uh, you know the, the the Saturday joints and the Saturday love, of course, and my all time favorite. Well, you, you know, and it kind of gets me to, yeah, and it, it gets to that point where it's sen sentimental. I'm telling you right. now, Mister Mister Alexander O'Neill, that song will still jar some emotional strings in my heart. That that still to this day, when I hear it, I I, I feel a funny way, you know. And you you made you put that out there with with just a lot of storytelling with the music so of course you know we have to we have to set that level of respect and appreciate you know for you painting that picture for for the fan base Absolutely. you know it's so and, ironic go on sweetie oh, i was just gonna say you you to this day you cannot put fake in and expect me to sit still like for real. <laughs> <laughs> that's my jam oh, that's, that's that's lovely thank you you know, Please so, do not expect me to sit still. It is not happening. <laughs> well, you know, when I started out my career, I, I I decided that I wanted to be, I didn't want to be a balladeer because, you know, it's very hard to break out of that slate. Once your fans put you in the category of the balladeer and you try to do something different, they say, oh, go back to doing what you used to do, you know, what we mm -hmm. know you for. But I'm a functionist. See, I, I'm, I'm as hard as I am soft. So right. we came out with that Minneapolis thing, hitting them hard, but then, you know, uh, through a blessing, through God, you know, I always knew I had the ability to sing great ballads, and, and I never I never tried to put a tag on myself and say, I'm this kind of guy, this, that, and the other. But if my fans decided that this is the way they perceive me, if the women decided that they love me because I sing love songs, but if the guys, I got just as, you know what, so gratifying to me in the music industry. My male fan base in America is, and all over the world is absolutely tremendous, mm -hmm. phenomenal. And mm -hmm. and that's what that, that was so important to me when I started my career to make sure, because I can't stand guys who go and just sing the women. They get on stage and you have a hit ballad and all of a sudden <laughs> you can't do anything but sing the women and you got to get on the floor, grind the floor, you got to do all this other stuff. <laughs> um, you know, my male, I say things I say things that men want to say, okay? That men, they go like, go on, Alex, tell them, Alex, say it, Alex, right. you know? And I get mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But I don't... Uh, you know, I don't get full of myself because of it. You know, it's just the way it happened. Uh, like I say once again, great producers, uh, great. I live in, we live in Minneapolis, St. Paul, which we have a great wealth of great musicians, great producers, great songwriters. Um, mm -hmm. I was very fortunate to, to be a part of uh, the Fight Time family. This is wonderful. And and you see, Mr. O'Neill, like, you know, when you say about your male fan base, you know, one one guy here and I said it early, like you were you were my relationship buffer. You you helped you helped you helped nurture my relationship and you didn't even know you was a he was a music therapist in my life at one point in time and still to this to this point. So hey, no, don't give me you know don't tell me I'm a music therapist. Next thing you know I'll be I won't be doing music anymore. I'll be trying to get a job as a music therapist. <laughs> Hey, and, I mean, you know, and, I, and I'm pretty sure, Alexander, you heard it too. Like, you know, you, hey, you, you know what? You, you didn't help make a lot of babies in this, uh, in well, this, in this telling, world they too. So. That. I get that all the time. They go like, <laughs> you know, I was in London just the other week, and a guy, this white guy, is walking down the street, and he says, 
you owe me money. And I went like, oh boy, I owe you money. <laughs> said, yeah, I made two babies to your, I made two babies to you if you were here tonight, right? Uh-oh. And I owe him child support, right? And I'm like, as long as they're not telling me they're my babies, I'm cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, oh, it God. really, it really speaks, it really speaks volumes that, you know, you, you are somebody that has the ladies and the gentlemen, you know, as, as a whole, because you're right, there are, there are singers that, you know, only cater to women and, you know, the guys are like, whatever, you know, right. it just, it really speaks volumes that you were able to, to do that and, and, you know, it shows, shows a lot of character and, you know, talent to be able to do that. Well, I, I, you know, I think that some of my, the people that are my mentors, like Otis Redding, um, Otis Redding, I'm a, I'm a, originally I'm from Mississippi, I'm just a country boy, right? I, I don't know nothing about y'all fancy city limits. But Otis Redding, <laughs> Otis Redding was a southern country boy, and I, I kind of gravitated to Otis, right? I mean, I, I, Otis and Marvin and Donnie Hathaway were my people, okay? Don't even go there. So, right. But Otis was a crossover artist before the word crossover was even popular, okay? Right. I mean, he was, he was, he was doing phenomenal things, man, you know, and it was like, uh, I just, uh, I saw how the men... I mean, we just loved Otis. You know, we, you know, Otis would say what we want to say. You know, and and the next thing you know, you know, he would sing the wonderful ballads. And 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 if you choose to get into that, that that's your choice. You know, but I, I had a bunch of great mentors, and like I say once again, you know, we people kick the doors open for us. We kick the doors open for other people, and that's why you have the Chris Browns of the world, and you have right. the. Rihanna's and uh, Beyonce's and all the rest of them because Sherelle, Sherelle, if they would have gave her, if the industry would could have gave her what they would even remotely give Beyonce, mm -hmm. you know, we would all be happy and on all another page. But you Absolutely. know, one thing that's so good is that passing the torch, and that that's a great thing, being able to watch these guys uh, grow and 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 and. and uh, I, I do applaud the younger generation for one thing. They changed music in America, period. Okay? Right. You know, at one time it used to be where pop music was the thing. It used to be rock music was the thing. You know, they had certain things and they would have certain definitions for certain kinds of music. Mm -hmm. But these kids came in, man, and kicked the door completely off the hinges, changes made little white kids in the suburbs, you hear them bouncing. I live in the suburbs, and I hear them bouncing and <laughs> riding in 1960, 1972 cutlasses, and, you know, just mm -hmm. like the brothers, the whole thing. So they changed mm -hmm. the whole thing and made it acceptable. And right. that's, that's a feat that nobody can take away from them. And uh, hopefully that the, I, I just, I would like for this generation that's having all this success with their music and stuff, to be a bit more responsible Absolutely. in reference yeah. to the younger kids that are coming up and watching them uh, to be responsible, you know, because everybody, you got to find out, uh, you know, God gives to who he pleases to give to. And everybody, he gave everybody something, so you got to find out what he gave you so mm -hmm. you can, you know, so you can go on and go for yours. Because everybody's not meant to be a singer, everybody's not meant to be a rapper, and if, if, God's bless, if God's gonna bless <laughs> us like that, then at least be responsible for the younger black generation 
Right. That was pretty much so concerned about because, you know, you wonder why little 13-year-old girls get themselves in problems and why uh, 13-year-old girls are dressing like they're 19 and mm -hmm. going out there and, and, and the guys are, the kids, you know, it's a rough thing. But now, once again, our generation of parents, me, because I'm in my late 50s, our generation of parents, we want to be friends with our kids. So we got to fix that. Okay, right. that's right. the problem is that when you got a 14-year-old kid, a 13-year-old kid, and he dropped out of school, you go to work, but him and his friends can hang out at your house all day long, kicking it mm -hmm. like that, something is totally wrong with this picture. You know, mm -hmm. we just don't have the respect that we that we used to have, and I think that it's up for the people who can, can be this type of an example and have this type of... Uh, Focus should have a little more responsibility to whom much is given, much is expected. So that's all I got to say about that. Hey, Alexander O'Neill is not only a, a iconic singer, he's also a, a, a buffer in relationships, a therapist, he's a preacher. Alexander O'Neill does, <laughs> he does it all. Oh, like. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't put me in the pulpit yet. <laughs> But Alexander really O'Neill is our guest on Branded After Dark. A uh, couple of questions before we let you go, and you know, a lot of right. a lot of your fan base would love to know what what's in store for you, music-wise, and everything else. Right now, I'm uh, currently working on a brand new album. See, you know, you can go to uh, Amazon. You can get. I've done a couple of albums that people don't even know about. I did them in Europe, and so currently Ooh. working on. Back here working on a brand new album, a R&B album, and I'm also doing a big band album. But okay. the way we're doing the big band album is that I'm going to be doing singing songs like Frank Sinatra, Tony Bennett, Nat King Cole, oh, wow. uh, uh, all that stuff there. But it's going to be the music is going to be the same music as it was with their song, right? But it's going to be funky. It's going to mm. be it's going to hey. be soulful, <laughs> and I'm going to be singing it straight across the board. And then the music is going to be funky. So this is something that has never been done before. And, uh, you know, it, uh, right now I just keep working, trying to take care of my family like everybody else does. Absolutely. And uh, uh, try to keep praying and keep my head up and keep going. And that's what, that's, that's what I do. You know, I don't think that no one, I don't care how much success you have or you haven't had, you know, no one is better than anybody else. Uh, I don't care how much success you've had because I always kind of keep it kind of simple. And I think that's one of the things that has helped me tremendously in my 30 years in the industry is being able to keep it simple and keep it down. Yeah. Uh, that is how how much how many how many dinners can you eat within the course of a day? How many TVs can you watch? How many cars can you drive? How many pair of right. pants can you put on? Or skirts or dresses, <laughs> whatever it's, whatever we're talking about. Absolutely um, right. And and with those things in mind, if you keep the simplicity in your life, you won't be overwhelmed by success. You know, it will be something that you can you can be able to manage and, uh, and to move forward and, and kind of mm -hmm. use it. Like I say, once again, the all-two-man thing is something that I aspire to be. So I'm still working with my God trying to be the best guy I can be. That's all. Hey, and, and, and I yeah, think I in a, in a process of – go ahead, honey. I was just gonna ask. This this might be a silly question, but I just want to know what was the when you when you first like hit it big and 
had all the money in your pocket, what was the first big thing that, that you purchased, your first big purchase that meant the most to you? I'm, I'm, that, that's a very simple question. Buying my mother a home, a nice home in Mississippi. You know, we have a, it's something that most athletes, most singers, most people, and most unselfish people, we have people who don't take care of their family and do things. I gravitated. I, my family is very important to me, and my mother is very important to me. So the first thing, thing I did was buy her this lovely, lovely home. Like I said, I might not have a house, but we definitely got a home in Mississippi, mm -hmm. you know. That's so, right. right. And it's got grounds, and it's got land, and it's got beauty, and it's everything else. And, and that's one of the most proud achievements in my whole life. Aww, Amen wonderful. to that. And, and a lot of people should look to uh you know aspire to be able to have a work ethic and the and and just work hard music wise to be able to continue to build on the legacy like uh mr o'neill has and um as i get ready to let you go i gotta not just thank you once again but you know I, i'm i'm gonna continue to to support your music and and everything that you do so when you do get some new music to 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 run can we can we please break it first here on brandon oh, after yeah, dark i would love know, it Look here, man. Okay, word. You got my word on that. Okay, I'm all. I'm, I'm there. Okay, I'm, I'm already there. That's I what we want to hear. That's hoping, what we love hoping, to hear. And I'm hoping to come. We're coming to Cali pretty soon. So, yeah, I'm working. We're working on some things for the community out there in you guys' area. And hopefully, you'll be seeing Alexander O'Neill in that area. Okay. You know, I just want to thank you guys once again for giving me this opportunity tonight to speak to my fans, kind of let them know what's going on with Alex. And and I know you guys are like 10 times younger than me because I can feel that I hear in your voices. Hey, but, and, hey you know what? We're, time, Mr. O'Neill, we're, we're just young we at heart. We're, we're young right, at heart. Exactly. You know, I think you guys are beautiful, man, and you're doing a great job. And just keep up the good work, okay? Hey, and you, you, well, you know what? Thank you for inspiring us because between Aaron and myself and the staff here and and everything that we try to accomplish, we always have kept your music in mind when we do what we do. And, and, and trust me, you may not have known us until this point in time right now, but a lot of what we've done throughout our lifetime is, is, has been inspired by the music that you gave, that, that you gave us. So, you know, my, our thanks to you for, for doing what you do. Thank and you, guys. I so want to say that, that, that you are truly a beautiful soul, and that's one thing that is not fake, okay? Right. <laughs> Thank really, you, really, And it was, glad, it was a pleasure. It was that. an ultimate pleasure talking to you and having dialogue Thank with you, you tonight. And Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you, guys, so much, and God bless, okay? Same to you. That is Music Icon, Alexander O'Neill. We'll be back with more music on Brandon After Dark. Thank you.